0: Hi, you're listening to the All Things Protest podcast. My name is Olivia Lynch, and I'm joined by my co-host, Rob Sneckenberg. Today, we're featuring a new addition to Kroll's government contracts group, Michael Samuels. Michael worked on bid protests at his prior firms and has already jumped in working on bid protests, both at federal and state levels here at Kroll with us. The topic we're focused on today is key personnel. Since starting this podcast back in 2018, we've covered key personnel more than any other single topic. We addressed it back in October 2018 and then in July 2019, and this is largely driven by two separate factors. First, that the consequences of a successful key personnel argument being lodged against your award can be so drastic. If you as a contractor lose an employee that you had identified as key personnel while a proposal is outstanding and a competitor gets whiff of that and files a challenge to an ultimate award made to you, you can lose the award for failure to satisfy material requirement as well as the notion that a contractor has to some degree keep an agency up to date on key personnel unavailability while proposals are outstanding. The second reason that we cover this topic so regularly is that this idea of key personnel unavailability was largely constructed in GAO case law. And so as GAO moves forward refining its decisions on key personnel unavailability, it's important for contractors to remain aware of growing exceptions and carve-outs so that everybody can go into the proposal process fully understanding the lay of the land at the time you're bidding. Michael, I'll turn it over to you for a discussion of GAO's recent decision, Avair LLC.
1: Thanks, Olivia. So Avera LLC is B number 419244 and was decided recently on November 2nd. And the protester Avera is a small business which challenged the issuance of a task order to interprose Federal Inc. by the Department of Justice. The task order was issued in support of DOJ's Executive Office for Immigration Review. And the protester argued that the awardees proposal contained a material misrepresentation concerning the availability of its proposed program manager. So under the solicitation in this protest, offers were required to propose four key personnel positions, and one of them was the program manager. And Aver contended that the proposed program manager for the awardee was subject to a non-compete agreement with Avere's proposed subcontractor that would have prohibited her from working for the awardee's proposed subcontractor. So as a result of the non-compete agreement for the program manager, the protester argued that the awardee could not have reasonably expected the program manager to be available to perform on the contract and that that alleged misrepresentation of her availability rendered the awardee's proposal technically unacceptable. So under GAO case law, while the availability of personnel is generally a contract administration issue, GAO will consider the issue in connection with whether the awardee made a material misrepresentation that would have caused the government to give it a more favorable evaluation than it otherwise would have. And the protester argued that although it did not want GAO to enforce the terms of the non-compete agreement, and in fact it acknowledged that Geo could not enforce a non-compete agreement. It argued that the existence of the non-compete agreement was simply a material fact that GAO had to take into account in connection with its key personnel material misrepresentation allegation. And in its decision, GAO found that the enforceability of the non-compete agreement was inseparable from the issue of whether the awardee had a reasonable basis to propose the program manager, and that even if the awardee knew of the non-compete agreement, The awardee's ability to provide that individual for performance of the task order would only be affected if the non compete agreement was actually enforceable. So, first, the non compete agreement would need to be enforced by a quarter forum, which actually had the power to enforce the non compete agreement. And only that would preclude the awardee from providing the program manager to perform on the task order. So, GAO ultimately concluded that since it does not review private disputes like the enforceability of a non compete agreement, GAO couldn't consider whether the non compete rendered the awardee's key personnel unacceptable here. And GAO concluded this was a private dispute between the parties and dismissed the protest. The key takeaway from this case is that a non-compete agreement would need to actually be enforced by a court to preclude the awardee from using the key personnel covered by that non-compete agreement. So since GAO is not in a position to rule on that issue, GAO could not consider any related key personnel protest ground concerning a key personnel's availability that is affected supposedly by a non-compete agreement.
0: Thanks, Michael turning it over to rob to discuss nci information systems inc from back in march 2020
2: thanks olivia and so this one is b417805.5.6 and .7 and here we have another case another factual scenario where gao has reined in the potentially draconian key personnel issues and concerns so this was a task order procurement in which the solicitation specifically under the key personnel subfactor identified 10 positions, and required offers to provide letters of intent or commitment for each position. So the companies provided them, and we had an initial award, and then there was a protest. And as often happens with these things, the protest led to corrective action, and then months later, a new award. So it was a substantial delay to the originally contemplated procurement. In that interim, in the months in between the initial award and protest and the subsequent award, One of the awardees' proposed key personnel relocated across the country. The decision indicates that that was publicly available knowledge that the individual relocated entirely across the country and to a different company. I'm not sure where exactly the protester got that information, even about where they moved, but it just goes to show that we are all keenly attuned to these issues and to looking for potential key personnel challenges. But since one of the proposed key personnel moved, the protester Alleged that the awardee's proposal was unacceptable or non compliant because that person would be unavailable. However, GAO denied the protest. And what GAO's reasoning was that the awardee had no specific knowledge that the proposed key personnel had relocated. In fact, the key personnel was not a current employee of the awardee. They weren't a current employee when the proposal was submitted, they were actually never an employee of the awardee. And the awardee had the required letter of commitment, letter of intent, that that key personnel would perform. So as far as the awardee knew, that person was still available and committed. And GAO held that it was reasonable and that the awardee had no specific obligation to go out and search for information that would have led to it finding out that its proposed personnel moved. So what's the takeaway here? And the question that we were batting around is Is the takeaway ignorance is bliss? Many would like to say, and many have approached this the key personnel conundrum with, Should I just not ask if my key personnel are available? And certainly there may be circumstances where that wouldn't be reasonable. But in a circumstance such as this, we at least have a helpful GAO decision saying that look, where the required proposal information was submitted, the required letter of intent commitment, and where the awardee had no specific knowledge that's not going to lead to the draconian key personnel penalties that have arisen. So keep this one in your back pocket. And remember, this is another potential limitation on the key personnel arguments. Again, it may be fact-dependent, but a potential limitation.
0: Thanks, Rob. So I'll be discussing MindPoint Group LLC, October 2020 decision out of GAO with the B number B418875. So this was an RFQ issued under FFS Schedule 70. The RFQ identified 11 key personnel positions, including what's relevant to our discussion, a cybersecurity architect, and required vendors to offer resumes and letters of commitment for each proposed key personnel position, and in addition, to certify that the personnel would be available at the time of award for no less than six months. The RFQ contained a prohibition that key personnel could not be substituted during the first six months of contract performance unless necessitated by sudden illness, death, or termination of employment. So, what happened in this case is that the protester alleged that the awardee knew of material changes in proposed staffing, yet failed to notify the agency of such changes before award. And I'll briefly lay out the relevant cron here. On May 4th, proposals were submitted. On June 9th, the awardee reached out to its proposed cybersecurity architect, who, per a declaration of the awardee's president, informed the awardee that the wait for the contract award was taking a toll on his family and that he would be, quote, pursuing another offer. At this time, the awardee did not notify the agency that this individual was no longer available. Instead, the awardee reached out in order to inquire about the status of the acquisition and when award would be made. Moving forward to June 22nd, at that point, the agency notified the awardee that it was the recipient of the award. And the awardee's president indicates that the company immediately reached out to the proposed cybersecurity architect to discuss the starting date. Now, on June 26th, the awardee went back to the agency and notified it that its cybersecurity architect had decided to pursue other interests and would not be joining the contract. Even though they had made that notification on June 26th to the agency, By July 22nd, nearly a month after the award, the individual who the awardee had proposed in its proposal to act as the cybersecurity architect had agreed at that point to come back and perform on the contract. And so it seems like this protest ground was identified by the protester because following award to the awardee, out in abundance of caution, the awardee says, they posted a job listing on their website for the cybersecurity architect provision. And I can say from our personal experience, where there are key personnel requirements in solicitations, one of the steps we take is to look for job postings for those positions following an award announcement in order to test whether the awardee actually has all of its key personnel available. And so I'm only guessing, but that appears to be a possible way that the protester knew to raise this allegation in its protest. GAO ultimately denied the protest that the awardee had failed to appropriately notify the agency of the unavailability of a key personnel. What GAO said was, although it was a close call Just because the awardee had a reason to question the proposed key person's availability did not equate to having actual knowledge that the key person was unavailable. So, again, GAO emphasized that this case presented a close call. So, query how much a contractor can rely on having the same exact facts here. It seems like the specific way information was conveyed from the proposed key personnel to the ultimate awardee, from the awardee to the agency, impacted how GAO ultimately decided this case. And so it could be very hard for those facts to be recreated in the exact same manner moving forward. But we thought this was a very interesting decision and wanted to flag it for you. And the statement that the awardee's president offered in the declaration that the proposed key personnel couldn't wait for contract award, and it was taking a toll on his family, and so he was going to pursue another offer. That's not an uncommon sentiment from contractor employees who find themselves kind of tied to proposals these days, where if you're not on the incumbent contract, you're not performing the services you're proposed to perform And you might just be held in this limbo. And so here the wait was little more than a month before the individual pursued other opportunities. But we've definitely seen contracts, particularly when like in Rob's decision, they go out in corrective action. You can have contractor employees who are tied to letters of commitment for months going on years. And it really does put contractors and their employees in a hard position
2: yeah, it's really interesting, Olivia. The part of this decision that really stuck out to me was the narrow timing here and the close call, but GAO specifically highlighted the record indicates that the awardee had reason to question whether the proposed key person would be available. However, a reason to question the key person's availability is not equivalent to having actual knowledge that the key person is unavailable. This is a tough issue that we're going to continue to grapple with you know, as time moves forward. And there may never be any clear, bright lines in the sand. It may ultimately be fact-specific. But this does, as I think all of these cases indicate, there are some limitations on this doctrine. And each one, you just need to be aware of what you do know, what you don't know, if you're the awardee and if you're the protester. Keep making these allegations because there's enough gray area that some of them may stick. But it's going to come down to fact-specific analyses at the end of the day.
0: Thanks, Rob. We hope this discussion has been enlightening today. And as always, thanks for listening. The All Things Protest podcast is brought to you by Kroll & Mooring LLP. You can find more information at kroll.com slash allthingsprotest.